0: We are in, come follow me, week 32, which is Romans chapters 1 through 6. And the overarching theme for me that stood out was, if we're all saved by grace, then why worry what we do? What does it matter? And the reason that stood out to me is I kind of feel like that's a theme that is carrying in this um generation with my kids and it's just the thing to love and to to show compassion and while I believe that they have taught us great truths in that and that God is the judge and I'm so grateful for that I see some red flags and it's hard as a mom because I feel like The spirit has been trying to teach me to bite my tongue and to trust him to do what he says he will do. He is God. He has said to me, they're to turn to me, Aaron, not to you. Um, I am the savior. I am God. And, you know, just continually this message of peace and to trust him that I am no longer their parent, that they are adults and that I am their friend. And so we have a child that um, the other morning I woke up and the thought was, you need to say something. And I immediately knelt down and and said, okay, Heavenly Father, (laughs) you've been trying really hard to teach me to bite my tongue. So if this is right, I need you to be very clear with me what the message is and how to do it in love. And interestingly, my study in the Book of Mormon was Alma, the older, as he leads the church. He's the high priest, he's the prophet. And the rising generation, it says, came to themselves and would not believe the words of King Mosiah. And there are many of the rising generation that are having huge success and they are persecuting the believers of the church. And as Alma's so um, torn about this because of his past. He wants to make sure that he does it in the Lord's way and he doesn't feel he's a good judge. But what makes Alma a good judge is his past. And so as I read um, Alma's prayer to the Lord and asking what he should do, the Spirit said to me, it's the same for you. Do it the same way. Do it in love, but also do it honestly and teach correct principles, remind them of correct principles. And so I went out walking and went and did a session in the temple just to make sure I was in the right headspace and then came home and said to my husband, we need to do this and I need you to lead out because you're calm and um, we need to do this in love and I loved what my husband said because it wasn't a wake-up call. It was just a reminder, a check-in with them. Like, where do you think you're headed? What's, what's your goals? What's your path? What's the direction you're going? And so um, we pray often for angels on both sides of the veil, I've said, to move the mountains that need to be moved, including in us, in me. And to help my heart change. And so as we drove and took dinner to meet with this child and for my husband to give a father's blessing, um, I I prayed that we would have miracles, that they wouldn't be willing to listen, that there would be no anger that there would be no strong emotion, that it would be love and that we would be God's hands in doing this like Alma was, that that it would truly be out of love. And it was the most beautiful conversation. And one of the things I said afterwards, I just hugged this child and told him we loved him and I said, I hope you know, our love never goes away, neither does God's. We will always love you. No matter what your choices are, we will love you. We know the laws, the rules, the covenants, because God tries to keep us from gut-wrenching consequences. He tries to spare us from heartache. That's what they're there for. It's not because his love ever goes away. It won't. So that all so tied in to these six chapters in Romans, and I really want to center around chapter 6. And if you start in chapter 6, verse 4, it says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. And what that means is in baptism, it's this symbolism. And I remember hearing Anthony Sweat compare baptism, and I've said this before, to marriage, taking upon us the name of Christ. And like in a marriage, my identity now as a Perkins includes my husband and now my kids. We take on through baptism the characteristic, the name of Christ, and everything he is. And so we lose, we bury our old self and we have this desire to be born again and take upon us his name and be the sons and daughters of Christ and lead a life like him. And he knows we'll sin, we know we'll sin, and so we know how to repent and to use his enabling power to become more and more like him so I want to jump to verse six, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin is destroyed. Seven, for he that is dead is freed from sin. And I would say that's the permanence of sin, that we now have the Holy Ghost as our constant companion to guide us, to warn us, to direct us. But also we have the gift of repentance. Eleven. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed in sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. 13, yield yourselves to God, your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, to be instruments in his hands. 14, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. 15, and I love this. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. 18. Being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness, his children. 22. 22. But now being made free from sin, ye become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, holiness, excuse me, and the end everlasting life. for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that reminded me of a conference talk I heard Elder Oakes give a couple years ago where he said, "We are not called; there are three kingdoms." We are not called to teach the other kingdoms. We're called to teach you, to elevate you, to desire celestial glory, a life with God eternally, to dwell with him, to be his forevermore. But you would have no desire, I would have no desire to be there if that is not my desire and my fruit here. If I have not made it a practice to follow him here, what on earth would make us think that we would die and choose that after this life? We wouldn't. And I just want to end in Alma 42. So this was my study um, recently. It talks about Alma is talking to Corianton, and this is now Alma the Younger, who has been blessed by his dad's prayers to God and God's guidance to his father and his dad's love for him. And I love this because Alma the Younger repents and becomes this prophet and then has this discussion with his son who has sinned. And I love as this is the end of three chapters of a discussion with him, but it's Alma 42, 29. And he says, And now, my son, I desire that you should let these things trouble you no more. Only let your sins trouble you with the trouble that brings you down to repentance. Oh, my son, I desire that you should deny the justice of God no more. Do not endeavor to excuse yourself in the least point because of your sins by denying the justice of God. But do you let the justice of God and his mercy and his long suffering have sw- full sway in your heart? Let it bring you down to the depths of humility and know that it is by God we are saved, but it is by who we follow. Our choices our trajectory, our goals that we choose where we will end up and how grateful I am for these examples that God has given us, these great men who teach us celestial glory and remind us of who we are and why we are here. And I loved that message today. I hope you know the church is true, and more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.